This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. Woo! Got some energy today, boys. Got some energy today. We got a fight night coming up August 1st. It's the Pick'em Podcast. I'm here to make you money if you never listen to a Pick'em Podcast. First off, how dare you? How fucking dare you? Shame on you. I'm picking winners. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. I'm going to pick every single fight on this card. I'm going to tell you the best bets. I'm going to tell you what underdogs you should play, what chalk you should hammer. I'm going to give you my lock of the night, underdog lock of the night, my send them home, some prop bets. We got it all. We got it all, boys. Okay? First things first. Okay? Got, got some things going on in the old life want to talk about so a little distracted right uh the new ufc video games coming out right in two weeks as of tomorrow i'm very excited right i am a video game guy i grew up playing video games i love video games i don't play like call of duty or any of the shooters fortnite i don't do any of that um i do love sports games i always buy madden i've bought madden since like 95 never missed a year uh the ufc game obviously EA Sports, this is the fourth edition. I bought every single one. I still own every single one. Uh, Very excited. They released a career mode trailer today. Looks fantastic. Looks really, really fun. High hopes for it. Um, And uh, yeah, so I'm I'm fucking jacked. This is how big of a dork I am, right? So I get off work. I work mornings and then I get off work. I I, I rush home. Got to wash my hands. Got to clean myself up for the the wife and kids. Uh, Wife's home. Everyone's home. I fucking put on the the Apple TV on the um, YouTube. They had a premiere at 11, right? I get home at like 10, 40, whatever, shower up, shine myself up. And uh, and I go and I and I put it on. We're waiting for like five minutes before this thing starts. And Erica goes, my wife's just like, what are you doing? I was like, oh, it starts at 11. She's like, yeah, come back at 11. I was like, no, no, no. You can wait. And then, and then when 11 hits, it'll, it'll give you like a little two-minute countdown and then we can watch it. She goes... And she like rolled her eyes a little bit. Uh, hey, <laughs> you know what I mean? I want to I see it. But I did just sign up for a Twitch account, which apparently is a big thing. Um, I'm not good at video games. I love video games, but I, I'm honestly not. I would never challenge anybody in Madden. So I think it'd be kind of fun if once a week or something like that, I stream on Twitch. And, and if you guys listen to this, you want to play me, I got PS4. Well, once it, the day happens, I'll, you know, I'll release all, you know, I'll tell you guys, I'll tweet them out, Instagram and out, all that shit. Um, the uh old PlayStation 4 handle and we can get going but uh yeah i mean i wasn't very good at the uh well you know the first three ufc's undisputed they came out on the regular xbox uh 360 right ps3 love those right me and my buddies were upset well me and my one friend were obsessed with those and then ea came they're the big dogs right and then they made the game i think a little better if you go on reddit reddit is so negative they 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 talk so much shit about it but it's actually a solid game i'm so excited that i went out Birthday's Tuesday. I got myself a little birthday gift, right? I, I'm going to be twitching is what the kids say, right? And uh, I'm going to, I still need like a headset. I had a headset. It's like, it was like, you know me, I'm a fucking little boozy bitch. It was like, maybe like, I bought it for like 40 bucks and it was like, it's comfortable and everything. It worked, but it was like really old, right? It was, it was, it was probably like, I want to say six years old. So I was like, fuck it. I'm going to, you know, this is on sale. I did the reviews, all that stuff. So got that today. So I'm like, I'm like a fucking kid in a candy store. And on top of that, your boy paid his car off, right? So I'm all excited. No more car payment. <clears throat> I was like, I'm going to go a year without, you know, a year or so and, and all this stuff without having a car payment. It'd be nice, you know, to go a year without making that payment. Well, the wife's car broke down on Monday, right? I don't know if I talked about it on the podcast. I was so delirious in the podcast. I think I mentioned it, right? So we've had a few issues with her car since, and we bought them the same year. 
and we've had a few issues with her car. She got a 2014 G Patriot. <clears throat> I have a 2014 Kia Soul. No problems, right? 60,000 miles on. I believe my wife has probably like close to 80 just because she drives farther to work. But I'm, I know, I don't know anything about cars. I know cars really devalue after 80,000 miles. You sell a car at 60K miles, people are like, yeah, I want that, right? I Kelly Blue Book's good. So anyway, got another little bundle of joy coming in November. Cars paid off. Credit's good. Capital One. I got two letters in the mail that are those handwritten bullshit ones that aren't handwritten. I don't know how they do that from dealerships telling me, listen, we only got 14 Kia Souls in our lot. We need your, we're going to buy, we're aggressive, right? The only problem is, is the, those dealerships locally, they don't have the fucking car I want. I want a truck. I want a fucking, you know, I want to get, you know, I'm a, you take one look at me. Your boy's a truck guy. I think everyone knows that. Um, I've never actually never driven a truck. I want a Honda Ridgeline. That, that's like my dream car. I'm not a car guy. I don't care about speed. I don't care about anything. If I had all the money in the world, if I was a billionaire, I'd drive a fully loaded Honda Ridgeline, which is probably maxes out at like 50K. Right. You know what I mean? And it's funny because the ridge lines, the guys who drive trucks hate ridge lines. They're not, you know, because they're, I don't want to get technical, but, you know, they, they look down on like, oh, but that's a car with, you know, it's like El Camino. It's a car with a fucking uh, bed on it. Yeah. Blah, blah. So anyway, I got really, really going this week and uh, started looking them up. And you know what? Uh, with my trade in, and uh, they're pretty affordable. Right. And of course, Capital One, which, you know, I love. Shout out Capital One. They do not sponsor this, but they've always had my back when, Many years ago, in my early twenties, my credit was a disaster. Because, uh, long story, my sister basically stole my identity, uh, yeah, and butchered my credit when I was younger. So I, I had I had a fight to get my credit where it was at, and you know, most of my twenties. And Capital One really fucking took a chance on me, and they gave me some credit, and I built from there. And they they had my auto loan, and they approved me of a home loan. Uh, we went we went with uh, a different uh, mortgage, but they were like, yeah, we'll fucking we'll give you a house. And they pre-approved me from this crazy amount. I mean, of course they do, right? A crazy amount. What, double what I want to pay for my truck. That's how much they approved me for. So they're like, listen, you take this to the dealer. You tell them to use this code when they when they apply for your credit. We'll approve you. We'll get you on the road. You you know, cut down on the hassle time. So right now, I'm a little distracted. Long story short, I'm, I, I email three dealers. They're all fucking far away. There's nothing close. There's one in Indianapolis, which is the closest to me i'm in cincinnati so obviously that's not obviously but if you don't know your geography it's about probably an hour hour and a half away depending where they're at indianapolis i think i looked it up i think it's going to be about an hour and a half away they're about 90 miles and then uh the two other ones are both the same company right they're both the same uh, honda dealership but the one's in akron right just like four and a half hours away from me and the other one's like it's called like the great lakes and they're like almost five so I'm emailing them and, and trying to get, you know, they want me to call them. You know, I don't, I don't, you don't need to hear my voice, okay? I don't want, it's 2020. I don't want to talk on the phone, you know? So I emailed them. I said, I, I, and I drive for work, which is true. I'm a driver for work. So I was like, I can't really, um, I can't really talk on the phone. I want to, um, I want to do it all via email. Like if I get caught on my phone at work, which is a lie, because I mean, whatever, I have earbuds, you know, fucking come on, you know, get with it. Um, I go, I, I'd rather email. It'd be better email. So I can, I'm not good at this. I am not, a, I do, again, don't know anything about cars. Don't know anything about haggling. I want to bring a buddy at work who is a guy who 
I feel like, I don't know, I feel like would really be really good at this. The problem is, is all these cars are far away. I can't, and he's got like seven kids. I can't have him drive to fucking Akron with me to get this deal done. So it's very, it's good for me to do over email because I can be blunt. I can be honest. I can be, you know, if they ask me a question, I can go look it up to see what it means. Like in person, I might crumple down a little bit. You know what I mean? I did have an experience before where I walked and it felt pretty good. If you ever seen the Seinfeld where George is like, we're walking out of here. They're all scam artists. I basically pulled a, a Seinfeld. I drove two hours away, looked at this truck. This was many years ago. This The salesman was great. This sleazy fucking finance guy who's younger than me came out and was like blah, 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 this and blah, blah, blah. and then it turned to find out they ended up fucking it up like i should have walked out of there with a truck blessing in the skies though uh that that did not happen because um you know now we're here right i wouldn't have had that truck paid off by this tonight but that was about three years ago it was right before when he was born and they're trying to get me to put money down i'm like guys i got a kid coming i ain't putting shit down my credit told me i don't have to put shit down the guy's like well blah, 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 blah. fuck off you know what i mean all right, fight night, August 1st. Guys, boys, ladies, this card's weird, okay? I think it's a good card, right? I like the fights. Um, I don't love the fights, right? There's some guys that I'm interested in seeing. There's some guys that I've kind of had my eye on. I had to do research on some of these guys. Some fights are fun, right? But they don't, you know, I like, I like a fight with stakes. A lot of them don't have many stakes, there's some good matchups, um, but other than that, I think it's 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 a fairly okay card. It's a Saturday night. They're putting cards together left and right. August 15th, I think, is the next UFC pay-per-view. That card is fucking stacked. So I'm not I'm not going to be uh, super upset that this card's lacking. I'm going to watch every fight. I'm going to bet at least, I don't I mean, let me look at my, at least four or five of these fights, right? But, I mean, if we're being honest with you, they're not the, uh, they're not the, uh, the greatest fights, okay? They're not, right? But this should be fun. First of the night, first fight of the night, Chris Gutierrez, minus 350. He's 15, 3, and 1. He's fighting Cody Durden. That's a cool last name of your fight club fan, Tyler Durden. He's 11 and 2. He's a plus 280 underdog. Listen, I follow a guy named Joe Osborne. I think I've shouted him out before. He is the prop king. This guy, again, doesn't bet many mutter or money lines are usually all over the place for him. He's 50 50 on the money line bets, but. His props are, are solid. He says, prop this. It was at plus 160 not to go to finish. So I'm going to get that out of the way. Definitely prop this fight to not go to decision. It's going to be finished. Both guys finishes. It's at plus 160. You're getting plus odds for a finish in this fight. I would take that for sure. Breaking down the fight. Chris Gutierrez, a guy I've never been impressed with. I picked against him his last time out. He fought Vince Morales. He picked Vince Morales apart. I thought Morales would mix it up well. I thought he would uh, take Gutierrez down, pressure him a little bit. Gutierrez just stayed on the outside, picked him apart. I believe he TKO'd him leg kicks. Is that what it was? I know the leg kicks were fucking brutal, but is that what ended up happening? Yeah, TKO leg kicks um, round two. He's only have one loss in the UFC against Hani Bosolos by rear naked choke. I don't know why I don't think this guy is is, is world class. Ryan McDonald, uh, the Pepe Fredes uh, split decision win. He's only got one fitness in the UFC. He's got a good record. He, you know, he's fought Timur Valei, uh, who fought on this card, who's, who's or fighting on this card next fight. He's he's got a little hype around him. I don't know what it is, but he looked really good against Vince Morales, who again isn't like a world class guy. He's meeting newcomer uh, Cody Durden from Georgia. I looked up tape of this kid. I've seen a lot of guys on Twitter. Uh, I've never seen this kid fight before. Looked him up on on YouTube. You know, he, he looks okay, right? He he looks aggressive. You know, he gets in your face. He throws punches. 
His grappling's pretty good. He trains that America top team there. I think he trains with the um, uh, Sun Sals in there in Atlanta. I think they have an American top team in Atlanta, right? It's coming out of Georgia, American top team Atlanta, yeah. Um, you know, he's got some good wins. He hasn't lost in a long time. He hasn't lost since 2018. He's a very active fighter. He's got wins all over the place. Arm bar strikes, rear naked chokes, slam. Uh, he's had a boxing bout. He's had a kickboxing bout, which surprises me because when I watched him fight, he didn't look like he had the, maybe he's just well-rounding himself. He didn't like having the most hands. This is a fight where I want to take the 280, right? This is the classic Brian overreaching on an underdog here because I think it's absurd that Chris Gutierrez is a plus, or excuse me, minus 350. He looked great his last time out, right? His striking looked on point. His movement looked great. He's got a good record. He's fought some really tough guys. He's, you know, 19 fights. This is his 20th fight. Um, I'm good to go Gutierrez at minus 350. I do not want to bet this fight money line. Do the prop that I said. Um, shout out Joe Osborne. This fight won't go to decision. I think one of these guys will get finished. Um, both guys like to throw. Durden's aggressive. Gutierrez obviously has some nice kicks. He's got some good hands. Um, I think it'd be interesting if one of these guys decided to wrestle. I don't know if that's going to happen. If they decide to grapple, Cody does have some good submissions on his record, but I don't think he was fighting the class of Gutierrez, who I think does have some decent takedown offense and does have good footwork. So I'm going to go Gutierrez as the huge favorite. I don't love it. I don't. I hate myself. I'm the underdog guy. I like to pick underdogs, but uh, I, you know, I, I can't pull the trigger on this one. I'm going to regret it, but I can't pull the trigger on this one. All right, next up, Jamel Emmer, 17 and five. He's a plus 136 underdog. He's fighting Timur Valev. Fucking nailed it, and you can't say otherwise. 16 and two, making his GSC debut. Timur, Timur, Timur. Um, Timmer, he was the uh, PFL guy, right? World Series of Fighting guy. He's fought everywhere besides the UFC and Bellator, essentially. Um, you know, he's your typical Russian fighter. He's strong. You know, his striking's pretty good. He's hard to look good against. He's hard to beat. He's got penny against the cage. He's going to win probably a decision. Um, you know, you have your best chance striking, but for some reason, you're not going to be able to really hurt him. Emmers is a guy who I've never been overly impressed with. Um, solid kid, but if I Chikat say his last time out, very interesting fight. It was a split decision, which was kind of weird. I thought Jiggy won the entire fight, um, but that was his only UFC fight. He fought in the contender series, lost to Julian Rosa by head kick. I mean, this is a no-brainer. Team was a minus 162. I think that's a little low. I want to maybe hammer that a little bit. The line probably has moved since then. But Team was just one of those guys. He's just so boring. And at this point in MMA, how can you bet against Russian fighters? Every time I want to bet a Russian against him, he fucking shoves it up my ass. Every time I bet for Russian, they decide to like, oh, this guy's really good at triangles. Oh, I'll go to the ground with him. Oh, I'm not going to get submitted by a triangle. I can't get him right. I can't get these fucking Russians right. However, I'm going to go with the Russian here. Minus 162. I actually like that line. I think he should be a little bit bigger of a favorite. Making his UFC debut, John Malheimer's 0-1 UFC. Um, I think he's got some holes to exploit Jamal Emmer's. I think, you know, he's got to come out fast. But Timur is just big, strong, and is that fucking Russian bear. All right, next up, Marcus Perez, who is a minus 205 favorite. He is 12-3. and He's finding Eric Spicely, who is plus 172 underdog. He's 12-5. and Spicy looked good against Duran. You know, this, this guy's a really, really good grappler. He's got six submissions. Uh, his chokes are fantastic. He's good off his back. His cardio's getting there. You know, I believe he fought at 205, and now he's at 185. Doesn't have the best body in the world, but, you know, don't let that deceive you. Marcus Press is a guy who I think is really athletic and talented, and then he just, his fight IQ is so bad, and, and I think his cardio lacks a little bit. Uh, he's got a good record, was a beast in the LFA. He's beat a lot of people, but I just... 
I don't know why it hasn't translated to the UFC yet. You know, he hasn't had a ton of fights in UFC, but there's flashes of this guy that are really, really good. And then there's, you know, and then you're like, well, he lost that fight or wait, this is still a fight in the third round. Spicy's hittable has been knocked out before. Has an okay chin. He took some big shots against Deron Wynn. Deron Wynn's like only UFC win, I believe. Um, Marcus Perez is going to want to keep this fight on the feet. He's a big, strong, athletic dude. He's got good striking himself. He is the minus 205 favorite. Again, I'm going chalk. I'm going Perez. Um, I just, I do like Perez. He's one of those guys that I really think if he can put it together, he's good. Um, it's a lack of concentration. It's a lack of training. I'm not really sure. Um, I don't know if he's still in, he's Brazilian. I don't know if he's still in Brazil or if he did make his way to America. Um, okay. American top. So he's American top team. I don't know if he's always been with American top team. I, I didn't know that, but you know, Wellington Terman, who, who I think is a stud, he lost to him. Anaconda choke, Anthony Hernandez. I mean, he's literally one, one loss, one, one, one all in the UFC, basically his whole career besides the LFA lost to UFC debut, beat James Bodnovic, lost to Sanchez, beat Hernandez, lost to tournament. So he's technically due for a win. So I'm going to hammer Perez. I do think he's the better fighter. I think he's going to be, um, spicy. I think is talented on the ground, but I don't think he has the best wrestling to get it to the ground. I can see Perez being the fucking, uh, hammer brain idiot that he is rocking spicy running to the ground and then getting caught in something. But I do like, I do like Perez here. I think I'm going to take him uh, minus two or five is a little high for a guy who's not super established yet, but, uh, but I like it. Caffeine. Feed me caffeine. Next up, Ray Borg, 13 and five. He is a minus 235 favorite. He's fighting Nathan, Nathan Manis, 11 and one. Plus 194 underdog. Nathan Manis, he's from my old part of the woods. Henderson, Kentucky. I have no idea where that's at, but he has fought some guys that I've seen fight live before. Um, I've never seen him fight live, but his record has, I mean, literally one of his, his first pro fight, I think, was a former teammate of mine. Um, I looked him up. You know, he, he's he's in, he's he's a big kid, right? He's big for, for this division. Um, Ray is small for Bantamweight. Ah, uh, Manis, I want to go hometown, right? He's, he's an underdog, but Ray Borg to me in a loss to Ricky Simone looked really good. Ricky Simone is a big, thick guy. Ray Borg stand up, looked fast and looked good. Uh, he just forgot how to wrestle. Borg is a tough debut for Manis. Manis is making his UFC debut 11 and one doesn't have a ton of experience. Um, I, you know, I like the call up. I think he's ready. I think his hands are good. I think he's good offensively. I, I don't think he's all that great um, defensively. He does get hit a little bit. He does get buzzed a little bit. His ground game's okay. I think Ray will dominate it in the scrambles. I think Ray's going to dictate this fight. Man, that's longer than Ray. Needs to stand on the outside. Needs to pick him apart. You know, he's got good boxing. Man, does. Ray is going to need to close the distance. I think Ray can win this anywhere. I think he's better at stand-up, even though he's a smaller guy. Manis can keep uh, a long range and, 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 and put him at the end of his punches. But I do think Ray is better in stand-up. I just think he's better everywhere. Better grappling, uh, better cardio. Again, this is a really tough debut for Manis. I want to go with the the kind of the local guy, the guy that has has fought in Northern Kentucky, Cincinnati area. But I'm gonna go with Ray Borg. I like Ray Borg. People forget Ray Borg's like 28, 27 or something like that. He might even be fucking younger than that. I feel like Ray Borg is like 34. Well, how old is he? He's 26. That's crazy. He needs to be at 125. That's a fact, right? He needs to get his shit together and somehow make that weight. Uh, because 125 needs a guy like Ray Borg. But here debuting Nathan Manis. Uh, sorry, bud. I, I I can't take the underdog here. I'm going, I'm drawing chalk again. 
Don't give me any shit about it. All right. It is what it is. All right. Next up, you get Ed Herman, 24 and 14. He's a plus 158 underdog. He's fighting Gerald Mearskart, 31 and 13. He's a minus 188 favorite. I don't have a little sound cue for this, but fight of the night. I mean, right? I mean, Merskart has, has really entertained the idea of banging lately, standing up and throwing. He got caught his last time out at Ian Heinish. He's turning around. He's fighting at 205, which I think is good for him. Doesn't have to cut that weight to 185. Ed Herman, this guy just keeps winning fights. He's an ageless wonder. He's got a good chin. His wrestling used to be really good. His cardio is obviously a problem. Getting there up there in age. He did just win his last fight, right? He beat the Russian guy. Yeah, Kalidas and by decision. He's on a two-fight win streak. because you know beat Pat Cummins too. A lot of people pick in Merskart because they think, you know, if fight goes to the ground, he, he's gonna be dangerous there. He absolutely will be. He does have good chokes, he does have good jujitsu. He's Duke Rufus's team leader, essentially. His striking has looked really good. He stood up with Ron Wynn the whole time. His striking does look pretty crisp. I think he's going to be the faster guy in there. I think he's going to hit Ed Herman whenever he wants. Ed's going to be a little more powerful guy. Don't count out Ed Herman on the ground, though. Ed Herman's decent on the ground. The only problem is is his cardio is going to kind of give out on him. I think if Merskart plays it smart, just stands up in the first round, maybe presses him a little bit, put Ed on the back foot, really pick him apart with his hands, land some big shots because he's going to be the quicker guy in there, chop his legs up. Throw some kicks, right? Maybe go for a takedown or two just to think about it. And then the second round when Ed starts slowing down, you take him down, and, and I think you, you're going to have some opportunity for submissions. I'm going to go Merskart here, minus 188. I think he's a more active fighter. I think he's a more talented fighter at this point in their careers. I know he's going up in weight. He's going to be a little bit smaller. Ed did fight at 185 for a long time, so might not be, might not be that much smaller. But like Jared Merskart here, I think he's going to get it done. I think he's going to rebound off that loss and – uh yeah, Ed Herman, though, interesting at plus 158. That's an interesting underdog, right? I almost took it. This was the last fight I filled out. I couldn't get over the fact how good the fight's going to be. It's going to be a wild fight, right? And then I was like, oh, shit, I got to pick a fucking winner in this. So then I went I went Merskart because I do think he's a little bit more talented, but don't sleep on Ed Herman. I mean, I can't promise you if, if I was at a sportsbook Saturday night, which I won't be because I'm a 1,000 years old, but if I was... I can't promise you that I wouldn't put a couple shekels on Ed Herman, you know, just because like he's an d- interesting dog and I'm picking all chalk so far, right? I don't have any underdogs picked. There's a reason for that because this card is to me, I, I'm not seeing this card that great, right? I'm going to be honest with you. Not many handicappers are going to be honest with you. These motherfucking handicappers are trying to sell their picks, right? You're trying to sell MMA picks, one of the hardest sports to gamble on, right? You're charging people money like you have this surefire system that's going to win. You can do all the prep and all the studying you want. I like to say not many people know more about MMA than me. I remember fucking everything. I remember everyone's fights. I can picture a fight in my head right now. I seriously doubt there's a less than probably 10% of the people in this world. Wait, hold on. Wait, let me do the math. I'm in the top 10% of MMA fans without question when it comes to knowledge. I will never sell my picks ever. I'm not going to knock anybody's hustle. Right, do your thing, make your money if that's what you want to do. Turn this into career, whatever. It just to me, I just think it's silly to sell picks on anything because you don't have you unless you're fixing the fucking game. People aren't going to spend money on your picks and then spend money on the gambling picks. I know people that do it; they make a good living on it, but you're never going to hear me that say that. So with that, I can tell you guys, I'm not seeing this board so great. So I'm kind of going chalk right here. I do have a couple underdogs that kind of looked at, but. Um, yeah, it's it's to me it's a chalky card. I could be completely wrong. All the underdogs can win. I can completely off on this card. So fade me if you want. I'm just telling you how I see the board. Maybe I'm seeing it great. I don't know. I just this is you know this is me being very transparent, um, which is what I am. And I'm I'm an honest fucking dope. Next up, Frankie Signs, 
who's 12 and 6. He's a plus 215 underdog. He is fighting Jonathan Martinez, who was 11 and 3. He is a minus 260 underdog, or excuse me, minus 260 favorite. Signs is the underdog. Boys, your first underdog's coming. I'm picking signs. It is risky. Tom Cruise, risky business. Signs is fought everybody, right? Has he won? Absolutely not. Jonathan Martinez, young guy, he's got some flashy knockouts, but he's got some ugly losses. Signs is a good wrestler, a little bit older, right? His chin might not be what it used to be. Freaking Signs three years ago, who could take punishment, this line would be completely different. Jonathan Martinez is the guy coming up. Frankie Sainz doesn't have the most impressive record. He has fought some world-class guys. I'm going to put his record and this crazy lopsided line at plus 215 in my favor. I think Sainz could really push a pace. His striking has evolved a little bit. I just think he has to be careful Martinez because Martinez does have some, some good length to him. He's got good kicks. He's got good knees. His power isn't overwhelming with his hands. He has been taken down in the past, right? Andre Sukuman, his UFC debut, just took him down and, and, and bodied him. I think Signs can do that. Signs' cardio has, has been really good. I haven't seen him in a little bit, but his cardio used to be real good. He used to be high-powered. Kid's got a guy, kid, he's like a grown man. He's got a heart of a lion. Uh, you got to put him out. Now, Martinez could land a knee like he did before, but I see him losing this fight on points. I see Signs really pushing some pressure. I also see Signs maybe get caught a little bit here. He's definitely going to be bloody. He's definitely going to get caught at least once, but I'm going to bet that Signs is going to win the decision. I like signs by decision here at plus 215. That's a that's a really good line, but it's risky, right? You gotta you gotta risk it to get the biscuit, as one of my good friends says. So I would I would put a little little money on signs there. Um I think this is a good matchup for both guys, though, because Jonathan Martinez is a guy that came in short notice, has really made the most of his UFC career. You get a knockout win over signs, then you you know that's kind of a name on your record. He's been around for a while, he's fought everybody. Um, but I just see signs somehow really dogging this one out and gritting his teeth and, and, and maybe squeaking by a decision. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, we'll see if Martinez has fixed the holes in his game from a Sukuma fight, which I hope he has. But I do see signs out grappling him. So I'm going to go with the 215 underdog, baby. Rescue business. All right. Kevin Holland. Yo, Kevin. What is his nickname? I love his nickname. I forget it, though. Trailblazer. I don't love his nickname. I thought it was something else. Gavin Holland, 17 and 5, minus uh, 210, excuse me. Favorite. He's fighting Trevin Giles, 12 and 2, plus 176 underdog. Holland took this fight in short notice. I believe Giles was supposed to fight. Let's find it here. John Young Park. Holland was going to go to 70. If you remember a couple months ago, hurt his shoulder, couldn't go to 70, taking this fight on 185. I believe they're both Texans, right? They're both from Texas. Giles won his uh, last time out against James Cross, even though he didn't win. He's never looked good in the UFC. Looked good in the LFA. His record is is surprising at what it is. Kevin Holland has looked good in the UFC. His striking's really good. His ground games, he gets a little too comfortable off his back for my liking, right? I, I much rather him be a little more active in getting up. Um, you know, when he went to the ground, Brandon Allen, I'm like, oh, he's fine here. And he gets fucking choked out. I much rather him work to his feet. Giles isn't a big, huge submission threat. I mean, he does have some good chokes in maybe the first round. I think Kevin Holland can fight that out of that. Ke- Trevin is going to go some takedowns. He's going to slow down. Holland eventually is going to pick him apart. I think Holland does have some really good stand up. It's not overwhelming, or excuse me, it is overwhelming. It's not, the power isn't like big, big. He did have a knockout his last time out with some knees to the body. Um, but he, yeah, he's not a one punch guy. He's an accumulation guy. Um, I see him taking late, uh, this fight over late. Kevin, 
I'm picking Kevin Holloway. I'm picking favorite. Excuse me. But I just, I want him a little more focused, right? I think sometimes he fucks around a little bit in fights. He's got an interesting personality. He took this fight on short notice. I want to come out. First round's going to be tough because Giles does look good in the first round, but Kevin's going to need to pick away at him. Um, I used I used to bet Giles all the time, right? Giles. I think it's Giles. But he's just, he's burned me, right? He's a full-time firefighter, a cop or something like that. I just, when you're in the UFC, it's really hard unless you're really special. It's really hard to do both. And I don't know if Giles is special. You know what I mean? I just don't know if he is. Good record, look good in the LFA. But yeah, I'm going to pick Kevin Holland here, who I do think is could be and it is very potentially special, especially at 170. See how I did that there? All right, next up, Bobby King Green, 25, 10, and 1. He's a plus 124 underdog. He's fighting Lando Venata, 11, 4, 2, and 1. And boys. Dogs. Dogs. Do you like dogs? Oh, dogs. Sure. I like dogs. This is MMA Takes Lock Underdog. Lock. I do that every fucking time. Underdog Lock on the Night. This is a rematch. It was a draw from two years ago. I don't fucking know. Bobby King Green coming off a win over Clay Guida. He gave that speech with his coach slash dad, which was so fucking goddamn inspirational. I may or may have not welled up. You know, Bobby Green's had a tough life. Foster care. Never really met his parents or had parents. You know, fell in love with the coach that really mentored him and, and created his career. Essentially, I mean, this is his, his 37th fight. You know, he's made a pretty goddamn good career out of this. Um, I've always liked Bobby Green. When he knocked out um, Crazy Horse years ago before the UFC, I was like, I like this kid, right? He's got some swag to him. He's tough, right? He's tough to put away. He's going to be in there. He looked good against Clay Guida. He's tough to take downs. He had good cardio in that fight. He was landing good strikes. Um, and, and the right guy won, right? Lando Venata, I think he left Six-Gun Gibson. He's training uh, uh, with someone. I think he's still in. He might actually be um, a BMF Ranch guy now. I'm not really sure where he's actually training at. But he's looked pretty good, right? He's, he's put on a little bit of size. A lot of people thought he should cut to 45. Put on some size for, for 155 here. He's got unique striking. He's all over the place. His hands are really good. But uh, his kicks are different. You know, they come at different angles. He's got a good wheel kick. Um, he's got good high kicks, good low kicks, different kind of stuff. Bobby Green's already seen it before. So Bobby Green is a pressure fighter. Bobby Green sometimes, though, likes to just kind of, you know, dance around and, and do the defense as opposed to really scoring, right? I think Bobby's going to have a little bit of advantage in, in the takedown apartment if he wants to go that route. Lando's got to be a little bit more active. I think that's what happened the first time is they both have the same similar inactivity where when they finally do throw, it's like, who do you fuck you score that exchange to? I think one of these guys really needs to take the bull by the horns here. I think it's going to be a lot like their first fight. Um, Bobby Green at plus 124. I think he's coming off a good win over Clay Guida. He's got some momentum. Um, really, I'm picking him because of that speech. I'm rooting for the guy now. I want him to win. And I think it's a good underdog. There's not a, I was telling you, there's not a ton of underdogs I love on this card. Um, I think Bobby King Green is one of them. This is a very, very close fight. The first fight was close. Um, Lando, I think, has improved a lot. I think ever since he's left six gun Gibson, he has improved. Um, his size is better and, and his overall game looks a little better. His striking isn't as predictable. But I just think Bobby is is, is going to outwork him in this fight and just be a little, kind of make it ugly a little bit, right? You know, box him up, maybe wrestle a little bit, exchange, clinch, whatnot. Uh, really push Lando, who uh, has decent cardio, but isn't a cardio machine. So I'm going to go Bobby Green, underdog pick. That's my lock of the night. So you better bet it. Cash the bag. Let go. Visit De Luque, 18-7-1. He's a minus 188 favorite. He's fighting Randy Brown. He's 12-3, plus 158. Underdog. A lot of people like this fight. I... 
maybe it's because I don't I don't think either guys like blow me off the map. Like Vincente Luque has fought really, really good talent. Um, and he is a solid, pro- solid, not prospect, solid, solid fighters for this division. He's ranked number 11. Randy Brown's a guy who, I, the only thing I remember about Randy Brown is he got knocked out from the bottom by Nico Price, right? Um, his chin has been an issue in the past. Randy Brown has, you know, he does, he's a big kid. He has good grappling. He can take you down. He can smother you. But stand-up wise, I think he's outmatched here. I think Luke A., we haven't really seen Luke fight like a pure, pure wrestler. I don't know how his takedown offense really is. I think his cardio is really good, and he does have good chokes. He's got a couple good darts chokes on his record. He's Brazilian, which I don't want to be, you know, stereotypical, but I'm assuming he's pretty good at jiu-jitsu. Um, but I, I, you know, a lot of people that have been breaking down this fight, they really think this is a good fight. I think Vincente Luque runs through him. He's my lock of the night. Lock it up. You know what I mean? He's. I think he's going to fucking... Catch Randy Brown early and put him out. I think he's got good dynamic striking. I think uh, Randy Brown only really way to win this, even though he's a big long kid, is probably to get the fight to the ground and smother Luke. Um, let me look at his record because again, I don't follow these guys super closely. Has he fought like a wrestler? Wrestler? Mike Perry. Mike Perry took him down. I remember that a lot of people thought Mike Perry won that fight. Um, no, I mean he. I mean. Bilal Muhammad he knocked out, but Bilal didn't really get to wrestle him. It was it was a quick knockout. Early in his career, maybe the Ultimate Fighter, he might have uh, he might have got taken down a few times. But yeah, I mean, it looks like he's he's fought a lot of guys that are going to stand up with him. You know, so I just I, I just think it's a bad matchup for Randy Brown. I don't know. I, I think Vincente Luque is going to win this. My lock of the night, slam him home, fucking mortal lock, minus one eighty eight. Yeah, I mean, I, okay. I, I'm going to bet it because it's my lock of the night. It's the, the one that jumped out on the card at me the most. A lot of people are picking this close. And again, maybe I'm seeing it wrong. I doubt it, but maybe I am. But I just see Vincent Day looking and running around. All right, co-main event, Jaren Collarwood, JoJo, 14-4. She's a minus 162 favorite. She's fighting Jennifer Maya, 17-6-1. Plus 136 underdog. Man, Jaren Collarwood had a title shot. Was supposed to fight Valentina in June. And then... Um, that obviously got canceled. And then so now she's fighting. She's took this fight on short notice. She's been training. I follow her on Instagram. Uh, I'm a big fan of Joanna, Joanna, Jojo, for multiple reasons. Um, I think she's an exciting fighter. I think she makes it exciting in my pants. And her voice is adorable. So, yeah, she's from Scotland. Uh, Jennifer Maya, though, listen, you play the number, right? You don't play the fighter. Joanne's biggest weakness in the past has been getting put in the ground. She's decent off her back. She's got some submission wins. She's got a triangle. She's got an arm bar. She's constantly getting better. She's in Vegas. She's at Team Syndicate. Her striking's very good. She's tough. She's durable. Maya kind of is like a bulldozer a little bit. She kind of moves forward and, and, and she's tough and she can get the fight to the ground. Her stand-up doesn't blow me away, but I think she's really well-rounded. This is a fight that's going to be really close. I can see Joanne just outpointing her, stopping takedowns and running away with the fight on the feet. I can see Maya bulldozing Joanne, busting her up with just her pressure, taking the fight to the ground and smothering Joanne. Maybe even getting the submission. I Joanne, I think, um, you know, is 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 pretty good on the ground when it comes to the fence. 
it hurts me. It pains me to do this because I love Joanne Calderwood, but I'm going to go Jennifer Maya as an underdog. I mean, listen, if Joanne was the underdog, I'd take her, but I think Meyer's on a nice little streak here. She's fought some good good girls. I think it's just a matchup thing. I I, I don't think Joanne would have would have sniffed Valentina. So maybe it's a blessing in disguise. If you lose to Maya, let Maya let's let's let the gods sacrifice Maya to Valentina. You get a couple more wins under your belt. You, you look pretty good because 125 is not beefy, is not stacked. Let's face it, Joanne could win this fight and then go win a, and then win one more fight and get a title shot again. You know what I mean? But um, I do love Joanne, but I'm gonna go with Maya as the underdog here. I'm a gambling man. I'm a handicapper. I see the line and I see the matchup and, and, and I'm going to go with Maya. You know what I mean? I just, I just think it's a better thing. That's just a smart play. Joanne's not like one of my, on my list. I mean, she's on my list of, of other things, but she's not like someone I die hard root for. I just think she's adorable and that's what it is. All right. Main event time. Derek Brunson, 20 and seven plus two fifty underdog versus Edmund Shabazi an 11 and 0 minus three ten favorite. This fight got bumped to the main event. It's only a three round fight. Um, it, a lot of people think it's five. It's only three because they got bumped up. Uh, because home and Adana or yeah, Adana, Irene Adana, she uh tested positive COVID, so they bumped this up. Good main event. Derek Brunson has fought everybody. He's got a good record. The only thing about Brunson though is when he fights like these 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 contenders, right? These guys that are like on the up and up. He kind of shits the bed. He beats the legends, right? So let's look at his record real quick, right? So he came in the UFC, beat Chris Lieben, right? Deep decision and destroyed him. Coming off of two losses in the uh in the um his only two losses in Strike Force, right? He came over from Strike Force. Then he fought Brian Houston, rear naked choked him, whoever that is, dropped him. Then Yo Romero. This was Yo Romero's early debut. Yo Romero, I think, I don't know if it was a UFC debut, but he was still the Cuban missile guy from Strike Force who got knocked. He got knocked down Strike Force, didn't win a title there. He fought Yo Romero, who was the the next guy coming up and he lost got TKO'd in the third round beat Lorenz Arkin established vet beat Ed Herman established vet Sam Avi Ronan Carnero Uriah Hall Uriah Hall possibly could d- defeat my argument because you know he was kind of on the way up as well but really I mean he was he was 12 and 6 at the time he had some ugly losses so whatever he went on Derek Brunson went on a five fight win streak then he fought Robert Whitaker that essentially was going to probably propel him to the title or one of the top five positions got knocked out by Robert Whitaker they lose a decision to Anderson Silva, which is, you know, it is what it is. I don't think he lost that fight. Uh, then Dan Kelly, who? And then Leonardo Machida, which is another big win. Another legend. Dan Kelly's like 50. Then he fought Jacare, got caught, whatever. And then he fought Izzy. Talked a lot of shit to Izzy. Izzy was the next up-and-comer. That was Izzy's biggest win at that point. Got knocked out. So now he's fighting another another up-and-comer. Everyone, I've heard John Anik say this might be the best middleweight in the world right now. And that includes the champ. That includes everybody at middleweight, right? John Anik said this might be the best middleweight in the world. I need to see a little more, right? When I think of Shabazian, I don't think of these crazy knockouts that he has, right? I think of his really dud performance against Darian Stewart, who I think was his toughest fight. You know, I mean, Brad Tavares is is a fucking gatekeeper. Brad Tavares is, 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 is a slaughtering pig right a lot of people want to compare to Tavares fight uh, you know because Izzy fought Tavares he's that guy he's the benchmark guy Edmund passed it with flying colors knocked him out beautifully dropped him a bunch of times then he's got to win over Jack Marchman took him down choked him out no one fucking cares has an elbow knockout over Charles Burke caught him early that's an okay win and then Darren Stewart to me was his best win but he gassed hard he wrestled Darren Stewart he did not want to stand up at all it was a really really bad performance Derek Brunson is a good wrestler. A lot of people want him to rely on his wrestling more. He's also a little wild. He's got 
a little bit of, um, you know, while he's got big power in his hands, but he's not the most technical guy in the world. He's very herky-jerky, throws really wild. I think that's going to be a problem. I think Edmund Shabazian, who was so tight with his boxing, the one-twos down the middle, Brunson has a, a chin problem. He's been caught before. He's been knocked out before. I just think Edmund Shabazian is going to be a little too sharp. This is my send, send him home. home. Send him home early. This fight will not go to decision. Shabazian, maybe the hype's real. I still want to see a little more of him. Um, Brunson is a, is a great benchmark. He's ranked ninth. Shabazian's 10th. This is a perfect way to propel Shabazian to the top seven, top eight uh, guys in the division. Let me look at the division real quick. I'm going to play matchmaker right here. I picked Shabazian, okay? That's my official prediction. Shabazian by probably first or second round knockout. I think he's going to catch him early, actually. I sent him home. Bet the prop. Hammer. I know he's a little high. But I'm gonna I'm I'm telling you right now I'm gonna hammer him even with him that high. So let's play matchmaker real quick. Okay, so 185. So if he beats Brunson, Kelvin Gaslam is probably the perfect guy for Shabazian, right? Gaslam's not gonna take him. You know that's a good benchmark. I know Gaslam's lost three in a row, but I still think he's a talented fighter. Down to rank five, he's gonna be out for a while with the knee thing. Um, Jack Hermanson's. I think Jack Hermanson's probably earned to fight Whitaker. Can I think it's gonna be Cannonier Whitaker and I think Hermanson Yole. Would make sense if Yol, because isn't Yol fighting soon? Who's Yol fighting? Fuck. I can't remember. Marvin Vittori is another guy who a lot of people think are high. He's 14 right now. Not sure if Sabazian, with the heat that he has, will go backwards. There's a lot of options for Sabazian. I mean, you got people crowning this guy as the best in the world. That's crazy. All right, that's it. That's the pickums. I got it all. Got you my locker, my dog, and my mother. All right, that was a good show. I like that. I felt good. I was caffeined up. I feel good. I'll update you on the car. I'll see if I fucking scam these guys out of a deal. If you care, if not, whatever, enjoy the fights on Saturday. I'm going to be probably doing, I always say something that I'm going to do and I never do it because I'm a busy man. Um, I'm probably going to start doing like video picks for the contender series. I won't do a contender series starts Tuesday. I think I'm going to do like a little YouTube video pick uh, on the guys. Um, and the girls that are fighting on, on Tuesday, instead of doing a whole podcast, I'm do like, give like a prediction who I think is going to win, who's going to get picked, all that shit. Right. So I think I'm going to do that. I think that'd be fun. The contender series, one of my favorite things in the world. I think it's really cool. It's a great idea. And that's it. All right. Follow me on all social media. MMA takes podcast on, uh, fuck. My brain just lost it. MMA takes podcast on Twitter, on Instagram, MMA takes podcast on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button, follow rate, comment, review. Let's go. Woo! Hey, pal, do me a favor. Get her down off there. What do you say? Woo! I say let her dance. Woo! Escort this gentleman to the door. Do you see that shit? Who is that guy? He's good. He's real good. The name is Dalton.